Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm Casey. And we are Relatively, Relatively Dark. Didn't know we were going to be here, did you? I bet you didn't. Surprise! Here we are. <laughs> you get two episodes this week. Yay! Da, 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 da. It's because we love you. <laughs> and we love what we do. Today, I am going to tell you about Blanche Monnier. Meunier? Meunier? Okay. It happens in France, okay? I'm not French. I don't Understood. speak French. Understood. I apologize. Okay. On May 23rd, in 1901, the Attorney General of France received a handwritten, unsigned letter that said, quote, mm. Monsieur Attorney General, I have the honor to inform you of an exceptionally serious occurrence. I speak of a spinster who was locked up in Madame Monnier's house, half-starved, and living on a putrid litter for the past 25 years. In a word, in her own filth. So that's the letter what? that the Attorney General gets. I have the honor of telling you? Yes. Wow, okay. The house the anonymous sender was talking about was in an upscale neighborhood in the city of, I apologize. <laughs> that's a weird city. <laughs> Poyer. Poyer. Okay, I'm just going to take your word for it. So the Attorney Jennifer. Gen- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Attorney General, he notifies the local police, and lets them know, you know, hey, you should probably look into this, but they really didn't think anything would come of it. Especially when they discovered that the people living in that house were Madame Louise Monnier and her middle-aged son, Marcel. Marcel was a lawyer and a sub-prefect. From what I can tell, that's basically like a substitute teacher. Okay. Just on like a bigger scale. Right. Substitute professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madame Louise was a member of high society. And at one point, she received an award from the Committee of Good Works for her charitable deeds. Charitable deeds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She was actually a descendant of the Poyer family that the town was named after. Oh, okay. So this was a very prominent family. Yes. Very she-she. <laughs> uh, her husband, Emile, had passed away. In one source, it said he passed away in 1879. In another one, it said... 1882. Oh, okay. That's quite a bit different. But the website findagrave.com yes. says 1882. So I'm okay. going to go by that one. The police go to this bougie house <laughs> to see if there was any truth to that letter. Everything seemed normal when they got there. Nothing out of the ordinary until they noticed a foul smell. Oh, no. Coming from an upstairs bedroom that was padlocked shut. They broke the door down and they entered this pitch black room uh there was only one casement window but there was thick dust covered curtains covering up the window Mm -hmm. and the shutters were closed so there's not the least bit of light coming into this room so they go to open this window and i didn't know what a casement window was but it's the kind that has hinges on the sides and they open outward oh okay yeah i didn't either i was like oh i know it's just a different type of window so i just like left it so that's the kind of window it was also now i know um and to open the shutters they had to actually take them off their hinges when the light fills the room, they see Mm-mm. on a bed in the back of the room 
Louise Monnier's 52-year-old daughter and Marcel's sister, Blanche, laying on a rotted straw mattress. Some sources say she was chained to the bed, but I couldn't find anything that corroborated that. Yeah. I don't think she was chained to the bed. She was alive. That's good. Yes. She was unfortunately completely naked, and she was covering her face and her head with like a filthy, nasty, dirty blanket. Aw. I'm assuming mainly for the sunlight that was coming through that window. Man. 25 years of pitch black in that room. Yeah. I didn't even think about the window being open to her. Yeah. Surrounding her were the remnants of rotten food Mm. and human excrement. There were fragments of meat, vegetables, fish, oyster shells, and bread. And the Italian word for liberty was written all over the walls. Is that Italian? Mm, French. The French word for liberty. Anyways, uh, the smell of the room was so bad that they couldn't stay in there longer than just a few minutes. Man. Which I can imagine. Yeah. One of the officers said, quote, The air was so unbreathable, the odor given off by the room was so rank that it was impossible for us to stay any longer to proceed with our investigation. My goodness. Blanche was wrapped in a blanket and taken to the hospital, and they said that she was noticeably really scared by the sunlight. Goodness. Which is so sad. Awful. Um, When she gets to the hospital, they realize she's severely malnourished, and she weighed 55 pounds. Oh, my goodness. Gosh. Yeah. Less than half of what I weigh. That's like less than my dog's weigh. Yeah, that's less than my dog's weigh. Well, one of them. Yeah. 55 pounds. Um, Some sources say that she wasn't lucid and she couldn't speak coherently, but some say that she was lucid and she was talking about how nice it was to get some fresh air. Hmm. But I don't think that she was lucid. I wouldn't think that you would be coherent. I wouldn't think so either after after all that that time. And being malnourished and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that can mess with your brain. Yeah, that really takes a toll on the body. Yeah. When she, quote-unquote, disappeared in her 20s, her mm-hmm. family explained it away by telling people that she was insane. Mm. And that's why she was locked in the bedroom. Gotcha. Before she disappeared, people had described her as very gentle and good-natured. When police finally questioned the parent and sibling of the woman they had kept captive in their own home for 25 mm-hmm. years... Marcel, her brother, tells them that Blanche was foul, angry, overly excited, and full of rage. Well, okay then. But the doctor said she was frail, almost mute, and she was excited when they gave her a bath and new clothes. Mm. Which is sad. Something like that that we see as such an insignificant thing. We don't take that as like a privilege. Yeah, and it just brought her so much joy, and it's so sad. Yeah. Both Louise and Marcel were arrested... Good. Yes. And then investigators found out the whole story. 25 years earlier, Louise was insisting that Blanche needed to find her a husband. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys were interested, but a certain older gentleman caught her eye. And when she told her family she wanted to marry him, and with him not being crazy rich, her mom was like, no, you need to find somebody that's more suitable. Gotcha. Which she meant suitable for the family. Suitable money For their image. Yes. Judgy, judgy. (laughs) Blanche threatened to elope, and this is when they decide to lock her in the upstairs bedroom. Okay. Until she agreed to never see him again. Which, they probably thought that she'd give in quick, but she stood her ground. Mm -mm. I mean, I'll be darned. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be darned if if anybody tells me who I'm going to marry, or not going to marry. I don't know, I feel like I would too, but I might say something just to get out of the room. 
Yeah. After a certain amount of time. You know, 19th century, they had a lot more control over who they married. Um, mm-hmm. So years passed, and she had no sun sunlight. <laughs> no sunlight, and she was barely given any food. And when she was fed, her mom would just give her scraps from what was left of their supper. Mm-mm-mm. The man she wanted to marry, her love, mm-hmm. died in 1885. Mm-hmm. And even though he died, they kept her locked up in that room. I guess it wouldn't have mattered if she said anything anyway. It wouldn't. Even their servants later testified that they had heard Blanche pleading for her freedom and didn't do anything about it. It's assumed that they didn't say anything either because loyalty to Louise. Scared, maybe. Yeah, or scared, or they didn't want to get in trouble, or they believed her Yeah. that Blanche was, quote-unquote, insane, and that's why she was up there. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there were neighbors that knew Blanche had been locked away, but they claimed that they believed her story. Hmm. Neighbors reportedly heard her screaming, and one even said she heard her scream, Oh God, when will they set me free? Why am I imprisoned here? I am suffering the tortures of the damned. Oh my goodness. And this was eight years after she was first locked in that room. And no one said anything. I don't understand why. I mean, if nothing else, just to make sure. Yeah. You know, like send an anonymous tip like that guy did. Yeah. Like if you see something or hear something, say something. See something, say something. <sighs> Aggravating. By standards. <laughs> by I don't know what that is. By standards. I don't know what those are. What are by standards? Moving on. Palate cleanser. Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, 19th century, mental illness wasn't understood then. If anything was wrong with you, I might say mental-wise, <laughs> mentally, they'd just <laughs> label you insane and call it a day. Yep. Uh. So back then, it wasn't uncommon for people to put their family members locked up somewhere. Yeah. When the story broke about this woman that was held captive in her own home for 25 years by her mother and brother. Oh, my God. Uh, they were super PO'd. Yeah. Uh, there was basically a public outrage against the Moniers. Neighbors even threatened to vandalize the homes of the servants because they knew about it and they didn't help her. They didn't even try to help her. Yeah. Um, an article I found from the New York Times dated Sunday, no- November. That's not right. Sunday, mm-hmm. June 9th. June. <laughs> How did you get November out of June? Because I'm Sarah. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, that's understandable because I've done it too. Exactly. <laughs> June 9th, 1901. It stated, The story has its beginning in the romantic attachment of her daughter Blanche for a lawyer without means 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. At that time, Mademoiselle Blanche was a beautiful, tall br- brunette with a wealth of hair and big, brilliant eyes. Mm-hmm. She was a belle in the neighborhood of Poirier and was sought by more than one. But her heart mm-hmm. was true to the man of her choice. Aww. So sad. That is sad. Um, angry mobs oh, gathered gosh. around the prison <laughs> oh, my gosh. where Louise was held. They that are escalated. Yeah. Outrage, I'm telling you. Apparently, I think it's one thing to be mad. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think a big part of it, too, was they were socialites. Like, mm-hmm. Blanche was a very well-known, very loved woman. She was a deceitful thing. Not Blanche. Sorry, I thought you meant... Louise. Yeah, I thought you meant her family, like her mother. Like, she was well-known, and they liked her, and then they found out that she did this. That's yeah, one of the I mean, that's, why they were mad. Sorry. Yeah, that's right, too, though. <laughs> okay, well, she was um, a deceitful thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, Louise's health wasn't the greatest, and all the yelling and the threats of retaliation, they didn't help. So she was put in the infirmary so doctors could monitor her. Okay. 
And on June 9th, 1901, 15 days after her arrest, Louise died from a heart condition. What? Yeah. One source said it was a heart attack and one source said it was heart disease. So either way, some... I guess a heart disease could be a heart attack. Yeah. Or a heart disease could cause a heart attack. Well, huh. either way, some kind of condition with her heart. Papa Louise. Yeah. 15 days is what she served for what she did. Um, oh, I bet she served a lot more than that. True. <laughs> uh, some people think that after the realization of what she did sank in, mm. her health worsened because of that. Doctors reported that her last words were, Oh, my poor Blanche. Yeah, oh, your poor Blanche. That's weird. Yeah. I don't understand. So, with old Louise dead and gone, that meant Marcel would be the only one going to trial. He claimed, of course, his mother was the one responsible. And he had only went along with it, basically, because it was his duty to her. Which, to that, sir, I say... Boo hockey. (laughs) (laughs) He also argued that he didn't know the extent of how his sister was living because he was nearsighted. What? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Right? So I can take my glasses off and I can't tell that someone's being mistreated? Yeah. They Um, get in there and they notice the smell. Yeah, they had glasses then. Teddy Roosevelt, president at the time, he had glasses. I mean, I'm not sure if they were, like, available like they are now to everybody. But I'm blind as a bat. You know how I see. If I don't have my glasses or my contacts in. Yeah. But I can see if somebody is malnourished and, like, on the verge of starvation. That doesn't affect your smell. And that doesn't affect you knowing when your mother is taking her food. Right? Yeah, and it doesn't affect morals. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, agree. Wow. That's... That's that's a quack mm-hmm. defense that right is there. That's a quack defense. <laughs> so, not surprising, the public wasn't happy with him either, so oh, he yeah. needed police protection. Oh, wow. Marcel actually had a wife Boy. and a 17 year old daughter. I mean, obviously, they didn't live together because they weren't living in the house. It was That's just Marcel, the mom, weird. and Blanche. So, did it say if they were separated? Uh, no. So, I'm not exactly sure what the story hmm. is there. Um, Odd. I couldn't find a whole, whole lot of detail on this because there's only two books. One had, like, super bad reviews, and one Mm. was in French. So, Oh, well, why didn't you read that one? (laughs) Because I can barely pronounce these words as it is. I can't can't do a whole book. Let alone know what they mean. Yes, exactly. (laughs) His 17-year-old daughter was actually engaged to a well-respected French officer, but that wedding was canceled because this got so much publicity. Mm. This family has already ruined Blanche's marriage to the man she loved. Now it's ruined her niece's marriage to the man she loves. My like, goodness. Blanche was slowly getting better. That's good. But even though doctors thought that she was out of the woods as far as not surviving, uh, they didn't think she would ever fully recover. Mm-hmm. One news story stated, Little by little, the power of speech has returned to her. She recognizes flowers, birds, and articles which were once familiar to her. Oh my gosh. So she's starting to... Just to relearn like everything. Yeah, relearning everything. That's literally she had what to I was have had say. brain damage. Yeah. Um, like a lot of places where horrible stuff like this happens, the Monnier home became a tourist attraction. Mm. Everyone wanted to see the boarded up window that led to the room where she was held for 25 years. And mm-hmm. like, you ain't got nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. So Marcel goes to trial. Okay. Again, he insists it's all his mother. She ran the house with an iron fist. I was nearsighted. Yeah, I couldn't see. He said she had control over the family money, too. So, of course, you know, he doesn't want to lose all that money. He has a family to support. 
whatever, cut out of the wheel or whatever. <laughs> and he claimed that he did what he could for his sister. And he went to her room and read her the newspaper on a regular basis. So he did what he could for her. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> if I was trapped in a pitch black room for 25 years, going through what she was going through, I don't give a crap what is going on did, in the outside did, world did he that read I can't her? even be a part of because you're holding me hostage. I wonder if he read her about her disappearance to her. Yeah. That's horrible. You did. I, he did what he could. Oh, that just... He's just trying to get out of a guilty fetters. verdict. Mm-hmm. Um, servants testified that they were used to the awful state of Blanche's room because it had been like that when they got there. Okay, that doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. Oh, well, we didn't think much of it because it was filthy and a mess when we got there. Yeah, my, okay. My parents beat me. Okay, well, that's the way it's been, so it's okay. Yeah, that's like saying, oh, well, you know, when we moved in, there was a dead body in the basement, so we didn't think anything of it. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes, apparently, they were made to stay in the room with Blanche in case she needed anything. Like what? Yeah, in case she needed anything. Like to be let out? Yeah, like they her, didn't do that. her freedom? So Sorry, this is ridiculous. I know. <laughs> These reasons. Uh, there was a tiny problem with prosecuting Marcel. What? At the time, there wasn't a law against locking up your family members that were, quote-unquote, insane. So, as far as they knew, technically, he hadn't broken any laws. Ooh. I do not know if y'all can hear the thunder. That was a loud the one. The thunder, thunder. <laughs> but, yes, we warned all the... Um, episode before this we're recording the same day anyways mm-hmm. um they knew louise had broken laws but she was donezo so october 11th 1901 marcel was sentenced to 15 months in prison okay whatever but marcel was a lawyer remember oh gosh he knows the system so he yeah. appealed his sentence his intern his, <laughs> his attorney insisted that there was never any violence toward Blanche, and she had been free to leave whenever she wanted. Yeah, okay. Whenever she wanted. Hence the padlock on the door. Yeah. I and mean, she could windows. have jumped out that window anytime she wanted to. Okay. Um, and he argued again that he hadn't broken any laws. Mm-hmm. November 30th that year, the court overturned his sentence and Marcel was released. What Apparently, is? they never had another sentencing hearing. Okay. And it's speculated, and I think as well... That he was only sentenced in the first place just to satisfy the public. Like, look, we did mm. something. We punished him. Yeah. I don't think that they really felt a need to or whatever. Yeah. So, he mm-hmm. goes on to inherit his mom's estate. He inherits all that money. He didn't get the house that they were living in at the okay. time. But he had everything else. And he moved far away from Poirier to a country home where he died in 1913. Well. Wow. So, he just got to live this cute little life. Um. Mm-mm-mm. Poor Blanche. She did recover some. Uh-huh. And she gained some weight back, but her mind never fully came back. She just wasn't the same Blanche anymore. Yeah. According to an article that I read on medicalnewstoday.com, being isolated can lead to mental and physical health problems. Mm-hmm. Such as... <gasps> deep breath. Anxiety, depression, hypersensitivity to light and sound, hallucinations... Mm-hmm. Social withdrawal, psychosis, self-harm, chronic headaches, worsening eyesight, lethargy, and heart palpitations. My goodness. And that's just a very small chunk of all the stuff that can go wrong. Yeah. And I was actually talking about this case with Joseph, the hubs, Mm -hmm. and he brought up an interesting point about people in Alaska. 
a lot of times because it's dark for so long mm. their suicide rates and stuff spike oh wow because it stays dark for so long or Man. because you know it's all of a sudden light again huh so just that not that that's not bad but that's just because it lasts so long show, yeah. that's not 25 years yeah um mm. she was placed in a sanatorium about two hours away okay from where she lived 12 years after being rescued In 1913, the same year her brother passed away, Blanche also passed away. What? That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. I couldn't find what her cause of death was, but I'm assuming it was related to her physical and mental health in some way. The house is still there, but it's been heavily renovated and the room where Blanche was kept was removed. It's not there no more, which is good. Yeah. And no one ever came forward as the person that sent that letter that saved her. Huh. Some people think it was Marcel. I don't. (laughs) No. But there's also a rumor that one of the servants blabbed about what was going on, thankfully, to her boyfriend, and he is the one that sent the letter, which I think is more plausible than Marcel. Yeah, I mean, I think that any of the, you know, neighbors or servants themselves could have done it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I wish we we knew, though. I know, I do, too. But, I mean, that's just the epitome of a selfless act, though, really. Yeah. I mean, doing something like that that's literally going to save somebody's life and not even letting people know it was you. They don't get any praise for it at all. Yeah. Well, thank you to that person. Yes. Thank you. So, but the thing, the theory is with Marcel being the one that did it, the main reason I don't do it is why after 25 years would he finally be like, or all of a sudden be like, uh, this is wrong. I don't know. I mean, if she's willing to lock her own kid up in a clo- in a room, maybe he didn't know when to do that. And I mean, how old was he at the time that she was locked up? Um, he was 65 when he died. She was 64. So he was older than her. So he was like a year older. And I'm sure sometimes it happens, you know, you just wake up, you know what I mean? But I just don't, I don't believe that. And not with his reasons either. Yeah. I mean, if that was the case, if he was trying to get out of it, he probably would have used the letter as an excuse. Yeah. He didn't seem to care much about other people. No. So it seems like if that was him that wrote it, he would have come forward to get that praise. It's just sad, like, she just wanted to marry who she wanted to marry and live her life. That's, like, extreme measures, like, times a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I know this is short, just, like, a really short snippet episode, bonus episode, but... I liked it, though. But it's just, there's not a whole, whole lot on it. There's plenty of articles, but they basically all cover the same gist of the story and stuff. And like I said, you know, I I can't read or speak or understand French, so... Yeah. Otherwise, I would have had more detail for you. If but. someone else can and they read the book, more than welcome to like. Yes. Or if anybody knows any details that I didn't mention or stuff I got wrong because it's very, very likely I did, mm-hmm. then, you know, you can email us at relativelydarkpodcast at gmail.com with your yep. case suggestions and all that goodness. And we will also take posts and comments on our Facebook group. Yeah, yes. Relatively Dark Podcast. Yes. And our Instagram at Relatively Dark podcast <laughs> i think that might be it i think so <laughs> yeah thanks follow for us listening. like us rate us yeah tell tell all your bodies is that what i said last time i think so tell all your bodies tell all your bodies <laughs> bye guys bye. bye see you later goodbye <laughs>